0: It's time for You and Your Money. And joining us today is Liesl Cording, Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor at Weiss, Hale & Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors in Pomfret. Liesl, today we're going to be discussing the money illusion and what you can do to better understand it and to avoid it. So exactly what is the money illusion?
1: Well, it means that uh, or it refers to a cognitive bias where you're thinking and planning it fails to take into uh, consideration inflation and inflation plays a major role in financial planning because like you said over time the real value of a dollar becomes less uh, as, as time goes along so for example and, and i talked about the nominal value for uh, if we were reviewing two cars it might be the exact same because they cost the same to manufacture but if one car becomes highly collectible the real value of that car will be much higher than the other. And the same is true for your money. If you get a a 5% raise at work, for example, but inflation is at 7%, you actually have a net loss in terms of the real value of your income.
0: So what you're saying is that the money illusion is when you continue to think the real value of your money is the same as the nominal value, even when inflation means the real value has been reduced?
1: That's exactly right. And, and um, that can put you at a significant disadvantage when it comes to financial planning. If you think to yourself, oh, I need a million dollars to retire comfortably in, in today's real terms, you know what does that actually equate to in 10, 20, or 30 years when you're really ready to retire? And likely, you'll need more than that million at that point to retire comfortably as you uh, you know race against inflation. Um, so if you keep falling victim to the money illusion and you don't account for that inflation, You'll def- you'll most certainly fall behind in your in reaching your goals over time, um, and we have actually some really great calculators on our website under our resources section, at whcwealth.com, and uh, these can help you to to say, okay, if I were to save this amount of money over time, and we factor in inflation, you know, what does that actually look like when I when I retire?
0: Liza, I can see how the money illusion can cause people to quickly fall behind in meeting their financial goals, but why is it that so many people seem to pa- fall victim to that error in thinking?
1: Well, there's a couple of reasons. The two main ones are um, that many people don't know the rate of inflation or, or they don't understand how it impacts the real value of their income. So historically, inflation has averaged between 2 and 3%. Um, however we're seeing we're in a very high inflationary period where we're seeing more like eight to nine percent on a year-over-year number so um, you know and that's exactly what we're trying to to combat in the the current economy um, the second is price stickiness and price stickiness this occurs when goods and services remain the same price just with the other economic factor so kind of like when you pay for the you know, the same price for a box of cereal, but you might have less cereal in there or a bag of chips, then you have five less um, price stickiness. They can take the oven because we think, oh, we can same thing as we could in the past for the same amount, but you're not getting the, the same amount um, for that cereal box.
0: Never heard of the term price stickiness before. Can you give a little bit more information about that?
1: Well, it's when uh, prices, they remain, at, so for example, in that box of cereal example, you would think that if you're getting less cereal, that the price of that box of cereal should be less. However, um, because they've now set a price for that box of cereal, it's gonna it'll stick, and um, they're not going to change the price uh, down because they've already been able to get that, that same price for the box of cereal. They're just putting less in there. so.
0: So what can we do to try to avoid the effects of the, quote, money illusion, unquote?
1: Well, building out, and we've talked about this before, a solid financial strategy and financial plan. And understanding uh, both you know, the current economy, that'll help you understand how much money you'll actually need for both short and long-term goals. And um, in the short term, one way to do this is to understand how inflation works and the current rate of inflation. This will under- help you understand how much you have to make to keep up with that buying power. And then on the longer term goals, um, you know, infl- as I had mentioned, historically, inflation averages between two and three uh, percent roughly. So that's factored into those longer term goals. And, you you know, you may not need as much for the longer term goals because you have have some time to to make a return on those uh, dollars that you're putting away for that longer-term goal.
0: Given the state of the market right now, with the combination of the inflation and the Fed and the interest rates and so forth, are there particular sectors of the investment world that you would kind of point people towards? I know you can't tell them what to do, but to advise them. It's what you are. You're an advisor. But I'm wondering if, if things would be different now in what people should invest in versus what they were, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, investments evolve over time, and, and those that's what we keep up with um, in terms of like which asset uh, class we should sample. Large cap growth companies have performed uh, well, you know, over in the near term, whereas large cap value companies, so um, more of your dividend-paying companies have performed better before that in that time period. So we make those shifts in portfolios depending on, um, you know, which asset class is performing better and then taking a look at the economy and understanding uh, where those, um, you know, different companies may be headed uh, in the future. So we may tilt a portfolio one way or another depending on, on what that outlook
0: uh, looks like. Tell me more about how you work with your clients to create an investment plan that hedges against inflation. What are some of the key elements in that?
1: Well, so it really has to do with building their financial plan first and understanding how much uh, both on the short-term goals and longer-term goals like retirement that they plan to spend in today's dollars. And then, uh, what we do is we, uh, link up an investment strategy once we determine how much they plan to spend. And that, um, investment strategy will tie back to their goals and it, uh, will, uh, automatically, you know, set, a, an, a strategy that will have them outpacing inflation as well as, uh, you know, distribution amount that they, um, need to take out of their accounts in order to live, uh, their life comfortably. Um, so it starts really with the financial plan and goals, and then it moves on to coming up with an investment strategy that ties back to those that can outpace inflation. So we factor in inflation in our um, financial plans at um, over so, uh, three and a half percent. So that's a pretty big uh, you know, number in there. And, and so we, we do factor that into every plan.
0: There may be people who do not have investments, especially long-term and retirement and savings for down the road and colleges and things like that, and they've not set it up yet, but they say it's time. Is this the time to do it, given the state of the economy?
1: It is. When you have a longer-term goal that you're trying to achieve, um, there's no better time than today to start investing for that goal. Um, You know, of course, the market. Fluctuations up and down can be concerning, and and especially if you're new to investing, if um, you know you feel like okay, if I put this money in and I I emotionally can't handle the ups and downs that we're seeing in in the market, maybe it's not the best time. But however, you know if you're okay with with uh, managing those and, and feeling like you could see the amount drop, but knowing that it's saving for a longer term goal. I mean, because over the long term, as long as you stick to an investment strategy um you know you, you should be able to achieve your financial goals
0: when people in their 50s or 60s come in to start an investment plan do you find that they wind up investing in different types of accounts than someone who's younger, maybe a married couple in their 20s or maybe even a kid. The family sets things up and they come in when they're 15, 16 years old to get things going as far as an investment account is concerned. Just curious if, if, if everybody invests in the same way or whether age or generational could make a difference. You're
1: exactly right. The age and uh, generation, it, it does have a, di- um, you know, a difference in how much uh, risk. They're really typically willing to take on, which means so somebody in their um, early twenties is probably more invested in stocks, whereas somebody who's approaching retirement has you know uh, maybe half their portfolio or a little more than half of their investments in stocks. And um, so, but again, it's about assessing the risk tolerance of that particular client. I had mentioned, you know, somebody that's looking to invest now and, and maybe they're not able to handle the ups and downs. You just have to make sure that they feel comfortable with their investment strategy so they can stay in it because that's, that'll really be the key to their success of staying within that investment strategy. Because again, we've already factored in to their financial plan, how much they plan to spend and we've inflated that number as well.
0: Liza, you got fan mail this morning and one of my listeners emailed and says, I really enjoy these monthly talks about investments and long-term planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky. It makes me feel like I can control my destiny. Many folks have different pots of post-retirement income. For example, Social Security, which can be pushed off to age 70, which increases the monthly check. Two, pre-tax IRAs and 401ks. And three, after-tax, Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. Can Liesl talk about which pot should be tapped first?
1: Well, you know, it all depends on that person's specific, um, you know, strategy. Uh, of course, any individual that um you know their plan is will be specific to them, so without knowing the full picture um it would all depend on on uh you know what their it sounds like they've got some retirement accounts and some fixed income through social security um but you know depending on on what their overall goals, how much they plan to spend, um you know it, it would be a a chance to to review that and um determine which would be the most tax efficient to take from. And does it make sense to hold off on filing for Social Security? Um, So, you know, without knowing the the full picture, um, it it would be tough to to say which one would be best. um, But absolutely, uh, you know, if you'd like to give us a call, we can absolutely help you
0: out. It almost sounds, Liza, like what you're saying is that of those three options that the emailer suggested, that for each person, the answer might be different.
1: That's exactly right, and it really has to do with what their goals are, and um, and and then you know what other sources of income they may have. Maybe they have a high balance in a savings account that they could draw from. Um, so it, it really all depends.
0: Did you hear from people who, when the market went downhill in September, who maybe had the panic move and started taking money out because? I guess that there are some people that figured it was going to keep going that direction, didn't want to lose more money. Now, some of that has bounced back, but I'm just curious what the reaction was to some of your clients when the market began to really take a dive in September.
1: Well, we've been actively outreaching to, uh, you know, doing an active outreach to all of our clients to um, keep them informed as to why this is happening, and also to remind them that we factor this into their financial plans. So, it's um you know as much as painful as it is to to get a statement that um, you know and you're seeing your accounts lose um, our clients should have confidence knowing that we've already factored in these economic uh, factors as well as investment uh, returns into their financial plan and um, you know if they have concerns about that we've um, you know, we encourage them to reach out to us during these times so that we can talk through it. And we meet with our clients, um, you know, we try to meet with all of them at least once a year. Sometimes that doesn't always happen. But, um, you know, and, and during those meetings, it's it's uh, um, giving them that reassurance that, you know, their plan is on track, even though we're looking at this in the downturn. Uh, so it, it really it, it has to do with just ensuring uh, that they're okay and giving them that confidence that they can continue to to carry on. And and yes, the markets are painful to watch, uh, but know that their plan is still successful.
0: I touched earlier on the generational differences, and I mentioned the younger generation. And I wonder, what's the youngest person, the youngest client that you have had would a 10-year-old come in with investments? Because I'm not sure the 10-year-old has enough money to invest, but I'm, I'm wondering what the, the, the younger age group is that you've dealt with when it comes to opening investment accounts. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, so I've had a 15-year-old uh, invest with us, and uh, it was part of a family relationship. That's probably the youngest, and then um, – You know, other than that, there's in any uh, in between, you know, that 15 to 20 year old range has been mostly uh, clients, children uh, that are looking to start accounts. So, yeah, it's been a a great um, experience for them to to teach them and and educate them about the markets. And and, uh, so really, uh, yeah, that's that's always a fun uh, conversation.
0: I have to admit, when I was a 15-year-old in Glendale, California, I did not put my paper root money into an investment account. I've saved that stuff until later on. We've been talking this morning with Liza about understanding and avoiding the money illusion. You want to just give a little refresher course on exactly what the money illusion is for the folks who might have missed it earlier?
1: Sure. So the money illusion, again, it's that uh, cognitive bias where you're thinking and planning sales to take into account uh, inflation. And so, as I had mentioned, and we've sort of talked about throughout this segment, is that inflation plays a major role in financial planning um, because the, the, over time, the real value of the dollar becomes less than, than the actual nominal value, and you have less money to, to purchase uh, goods and services. So it's very important to factor that into uh, a, a financial plan.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much that, uh, for that insight, Liesl, and uh, thanks for joining me today.
1: Absolutely. It's been great to be with you, Wayne, and and talk through this with you. And we work with, again, many of our clients to help develop specific strategies to combat the effects of inflation and and build a well-planned, well-balanced investment portfolio um, that's needed to be successful in building that wealth. So especially for that listener that um, is is out there, if they wanted to give us a call, our plan well, invest well, live well process, is designed to maximize your finances, both in the short and long term. And you can find out more on our website, whzwealth.com, or give us a call, 860-928-2341, or email us at info at whzwealth.com.
0: Great. Thanks for coming in today, Liesl. If anybody listening would like to help in building a strategic financial plan, you can get in touch with Liesl and the rest of the team at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors, by calling 860-923-2341. Visit their website at whcwealth.com. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors offer security and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street. Pomford Center, Connecticut 06259. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, strategic wealth advisors, do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, strategic wealth advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willematic and 95.3 FM.